Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Come on, give Jesus a shout. Jesus! Jesus is alive! Jesus is alive! Jesus. Oh, you, guys can, you guys can sit. Wow, the power of God is here this morning. Pastor Jessica is laughing a lot. That's a good indicator. The joy of the Lord's in the house. I've known Pastor Jessica and Jesse Skinner for like 12 years now. And you've been that happy the entire time. It's Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a privilege to be back with you. Hi. I missed you. See some of my good friends around. <laughs> good people. Awesome. It's an honor to be with you this morning. It's an honor to be here for Easter and celebrate Jesus that he's alive. Um, I didn't get to see how many of you guys are first-time visitors who just wave. Well, welcome you again. Thank you for being here. We're privileged. You know, God is doing something special in Orange County in our day, and so we're privileged to be a part of it. God is moving in profound ways in our region all over the place. I just got louder. That's fun. And uh, we're just privileged to have you here. I encourage you, check us out for a few weeks. Date us. See if you feel at home. Go somewhere. Um, Go somewhere. I, I, you know, it's interesting. I read a study recently, and it was done with Bible college students that had graduated Bible college, and the greatest common denominator of them doing well in life was that they attended church weekly. That was it. Just that they went to church, that they sat under teaching, they got into corporate fellowship, whether that's in a house, whether that's in a building or a nightclub. So I just encourage you, go to church. Go to church a lot. I go to church a lot. Um, I go to church so much, they pay me to go to church now. It's awesome. So anyway, God's faithful. I'm privileged to be here with you. It's a privilege to preach the gospel. Yes, I was in New Zealand and Australia for the past month. Pastor Jesse was kind enough to let me go for a month. I don't know many pastors that would let their staff just leave for a month, but that was kind of him to let me go. We saw incredible miracles. We saw people get born again everywhere we went. It was an amazing time. Do you guys want to hear a couple stories? Nicole put the pressure on me. Um, I got to preach in a church in Rotorua, which is a uh, city in New New Zealand known for seismic activity. There's like these thermal pools everywhere. So the whole city smells like sulfur, but they call it Rota Vegas because people come from all over the world to go there for tourism. Road of Vegas, do you get the analogy? So they, they call it that. That's their name for it, not mine. But uh, while we were there, we saw incredible miracles. Uh, one of the services, we just had people stand that had cancer in their body. And there were about five or six people in the room that had cancer. Uh, many of them had tumors they could physically feel. Um, all of them felt heat and power come into their body where the tumors were. Pain left their body that had been there, that marked their condition. But one of them, this was kind of crazy, one of the women that was there, she had a tumor under her armpit that was about the size of a fist, and it actually caused her to no longer have an armpit. They had given her a card that was for stage four cancer patients. It's basically a hospice card. It's basically, uh, the government gives you this card and says, hey, welcome to death. Here's a little card that says you're going to die. I think that's a horrible plan, but uh, God had a better plan for that. You know, God's plan for death is always resurrection. That was a good word, Chris. I don't know where he got that one from. So she stood to her feet. When she stood to her feet, all of the pain left. The tumor completely disappeared. Black hurt the tissue. I mean, just to tell you like where, how progressive the cancer was, her tissue all through here across her breast, she didn't show us her breast, but across her breast and her arm was completely black. 
it completely changed color into normal skin. Give Jesus a shout. That's an incredible miracle. Give Jesus honor. Jesus Christ is the miracle worker. His presence works miracles. Jesus Christ is the healer. His presence heals. You need a miracle today? You're going to get it. You came to the right place. You came to Easter service at a place called Presence. We're about God's presence. We want to see Jesus heal. You could go any church and God will heal, but God's going to do stuff here this morning. Like, he wants that more than you do. If you came here, you're like, man, my faith is kind of low. God has enough faith for you. His love works perfect faith. If you came here this morning, you feel hopeless. God has perfect hope for you. You came here this morning, you don't feel like you have another ounce to give. God gave all of his blood for you. So it was awesome. Uh, we saw incredible things happen. Uh, one other funny testimony from that same service was a guy had a tumor on his tailbone, um, cancerous tumor, and it had spread through his body and different things like that. And I, I, he said, I felt this immense heat come on me. I said, well, how would you know if you were healed? And he says, well, I'm no longer in pain, and my three-letter word is on fire, which is a funny word to say in the middle of a church service. My is on fire. So anyway, that was pretty fun. You know, if church isn't fun, God's not the problem. The preacher didn't say that word. The guy that got healed said that word. So it was awesome. Um, God did incredible things. Uh, there were kids that got saved in that service. It was awesome. There was a young woman that came up. She was probably about 16 years old. And she said, I came here for this. She came there to get born again. Like Pastor Nicole said, I, I believe there's people here that came here to be born again today. And we're going to give a call at the end of the service for that. Um, for, for you to give your life to Jesus because there's no better place to deposit your life than in the arms of the Savior. Amen? Uh, go with me to John chapter 19. I'm gonna kind of read a, a few verses um, of the crucifixion and then into the resurrection and I'm also gonna take you guys to a few verses in the book of Genesis. Um, John chapter 19 verse 1 then Pilate, actually, hold on just a second. I feel like I'm supposed to pray right now for people for healing. Um, if you're here and, and you came for a miracle today, just put your hand up. I just want to, awesome. We're going to pray for you guys. If you're here and you have any form of cancer or cancerous tumors or um, any, any diagnosis that's like a life diagnosis, just put your hand up, a life, either life-threatening or a life diagnosis. I know that might be vulnerable for you to raise your hand for that, but um, it would be awesome for your vulnerability to show a miracle in front of everybody in this room. So is anybody here, you have like maybe some type of a lifetime diagnosis um, or life-inhibiting diagnosis. Does that make sense to anybody? I, I feel like there's two or three people here, but maybe, you just, maybe that's just too vulnerable to do. Um, we're still going to pray for you. God will heal you in your seat. If you're here and uh, you, you believe that God could heal you right now, or, or you don't believe that God could heal you, but you're just like, man, these testimonies are doing something to me, I just want you to stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're just going to pray for you right now. Just go ahead and stand to your feet if you raised your hand. Um, Fibromyalgia. Is there someone here with fibromyalgia as well? Does that make sense to somebody? Go ahead and stand. Fibromyalgia. Um, that is an incurable disease. <laughs> is, there anyone, is there anyone here with any form of cancer or, or cystic thing or tumor? Does that make sense? There's also somebody here. You have some type of, I don't know how to even describe this. It's like a weird pain in your left hip, but it's not related to the bones. It's actually in front of the bones. Who is that? Does that make sense? Is that you? Okay, is there anyone else as well? I just want to make sure, just get this. Thank you for standing. Awesome. Okay, if you're standing for prayer right now, 
you don't have to do a thing. Getting healed is as easy as breathing. Healing is the children's bread. A child who is hungry that's given a fresh loaf of bread, all they do is say thank you and they scarf it down. That's all you have to do right now. You just receive, you just relax. You don't have to do anything. Those of you that are around them, we're gonna pray for them right now. Jesus didn't say, ask God to heal. He commanded healing to happen. He released healing and healing took place. I was healed in a service just like this. The pastor whose name Chris, same spelling as my name, oddly enough, said, there's people here who are sick. Stand up, God wants to heal you. They didn't share testimony. They didn't do it. You just stand up, God wants to heal you. I had hay fever for six weeks. I thought I was gonna have to leave Bible college because of how bad it was. When I stood to my feet, I felt warmth go through my body. I was completely healed. I've never had anything like it ever since. So you're gonna do have that right now. Whatever your condition is, God has faith for your miracle. Just stretch your hands towards them. If you're next to them, put your hand on their shoulder. I'm just gonna give you about 10 seconds to pray for them. If you're praying for them, just become aware of the spirit of God. Just become aware of the fact that God's here. Just become aware of the nearness of Jesus' presence, the one in whom all things are possible. In Jesus' name, we curse sickness, we curse disease. There's a condition of the spine that's being healed right now. It's like a really irreversible type condition. There's a breathing condition being healed right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. All over the room, we bless your name. We bless your name. Go and stop praying. Go and stop praying. This is the most important part of healing is checking. Now, some of you, I realize it's internal. You might not be able to check. But many of you can check simply by virtue of the fact that you felt either a heat go through your body or the pain is gone or the problem is gone. I need you to take the next 20 or 30 seconds. Just begin to check your body. And when you're like, that is crazy. The pain's gone. I felt a warmth. I felt something shift. I want you to wave both hands over your head. So just take the next few, few seconds just to check your body out. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you've done all over this room. Wow, how many of you, you like felt the power of God touch you in your body? Just, just wave really big. Wave really big. That's awesome. That's amazing. All right. How many of you, is it internal or can you not check? Or Yeah. Check it, check it right now. I believe the Lord's healed you. Just check. Can you find the back pain now? Yeah, just stretch your hands towards her. God's the healer. There's no reason why we, we called out that condition. God doesn't call out words for, for entertainment. The love of Jesus heals you, and we just release you from all infirmity right now. You're the beloved of God. You're the beloved of God in Jesus' name. All right, just check again. Go around the room. I just want to see what's going on real quick, just around the room. How many of you came in with pain and the pain's gone, or you came in with a problem and the problem's already gone? Just wave. I just want to see. Thank you, Father. What was wrong? Yeah. That's amazing. Neck pain and an eye allergy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stretch your hands towards them one more time. We can, Jesus prayed for a blind guy twice. You can pray for people more than once. The Spirit of God is just touching this sweet woman over here. It's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Pastor Nicole had a word that someone was being healed of a condition they've had for 20 years. The Lord Jesus heals you right now. Yeah, that neck's been healed. There's a heat coming on your neck right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing all over the room. Shoulder's been healed. It's it's the neck, but it's in the left side of your neck, right in here. The Lord Jesus has healed you. Just check it out right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was cool. <laughs> just ask them again. Just have them check for the next 20, 30 seconds. Just have them check what's going on. This is awesome. Yeah. Just hold on just a minute. It was awesome in that service. We were in Rotorua. They had like, I don't know who wasn't healed. It was amazing. It was an incredible service. So, you know, I think we, we think of healing as like hit or miss sometimes. Like, well, I guess today just wasn't my day. No, Jesus Christ declared that it's always the day. He spoke through his servant Paul saying today is the day of wholeness or salvation, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It's always a day for healing. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try to get healed. All the pressure is on Jesus, who is the healer. You don't have to try to get healed. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. How, what does it look like to get healed? In Exodus, or actually, sorry, in Numbers, God said to Moses, make a bronze serpent, put it up on a pole, and everyone who merely looks at the serpent would be made whole. And everyone who looked, see, if you look at the Savior, Jesus Christ, you will be made whole right now. How many of you have already been healed? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've already been healed. That's awesome. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Give Jesus a shout. This is awesome. All right. Those of you that still need a miracle, thank you, Father. I see that hand. God doesn't love her more than you. Just look at her for a second because God's active in her life. Just go ahead and look around the room and smile at the people that need a miracle. See, her smile is real because it's from heaven. God doesn't love her more than you. Just pray for them one more time. Just stretch your hands towards these that are standing. Yeah, Lord, we just bless what you're doing. You don't have to try. You don't have to, there's no striving. He wants it more than you do. I just feel like to this sweet woman in the front, I feel like there's been multiple physical traumas that have affected your back, even like um, some type of accident and stuff like that. And the Lord Jesus is doing a miracle for you today. You just command the discs to reinflate. I don't know if you've been told that you're gonna go on like a, like a pump or some type of pump or something like that, but I, just the Lord Jesus is healing you right now, hon. God, I just bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. Wow. Just check one more time around the room. Just wanna see. I just see the Spirit of God, just, you see the Spirit of God just sweetly resting on this sweet woman right here. How, how's your neck and how's, how's that stuff going? What's different? Can you tell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, what's different right now? What do you mean by wrecked? Just describe that because some people are like, what does that mean, wrecked? You guys can sit there and see it. You feel high on Jesus. Is there... A... Right, just hold on. What's different? So I'm asking, I'm asking an important question. I'm asking what's different. Why? This is, this is going to play into the message this morning. What's different? Because there's always things that are wrong. But if we pay attention to what's different, what's different will always overtake what's wrong. What's, what's better will always overtake what's not right yet. So what, so you're feeling God's presence. What else is going on? Did you have pain in any areas of your body that are gone right now? Are you serious? How long has it been there for? Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But the knots are gone. You feel heat going down your back. So this is important. This is important. Now, no one's touching her that we can see with the natural eye. 
but she feels a heat, a supernatural heat. You guys, there's a supernatural working power of a powerful God in the room right now. You feel a heat going down, so you need a miracle in another area, but you feel heat going towards that area. See, this is important. Like, we don't realize how much God wants this stuff. And sometimes we just gotta give him a little bit of moment. Like, like Pastor Nicole shared a beautiful thing on Facebook, how on Saturday, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened on the Saturday, but resurrection happened on the Sunday. Like, Sometimes you just wait in this moment of rest and that's where breakthrough happens. Just hang out for just a sec. Stretch your hands towards her because I, I believe God wants to give her a creative miracle. Yeah, we just bless your hips. We bless your, your hip socket. We bless all that stuff in Jesus' name. We command all affliction to leave your life right now. Go ahead and move and check it right now. Just tell us what's different. <sighs> <laughs> What's different? What's different? You feel heat everywhere now. Okay, this is really good. And she said she needed miracle everywhere. Ryan, could you just go over and keep praying with her for a sec? Just go ahead and have a seat. I'm just going to have Ryan. You guys, you can get healed at any moment during the service just because I'm going to start preaching now doesn't mean that Jesus isn't still here and he's not still healing. If you feel warmth or heat touch your body at any point during the service, all I want you to do is close your eyes and just say, thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Okay? The miracle-working power of God's here this right now, okay? This is kind of fun, isn't it? How are you doing? What's different? I'm a bulldog. I don't stop. If Jesus didn't stop, I'm not going to stop. God wants this more than you do. That's awesome. Tim, would you just hop in that row and just pop a hand on her shoulder? You just relax and just keep receiving, okay? What I mean by receive, I mean pretend like you're drinking like a nice sweet cup of coffee or something. Just, just relax. They have really good coffee in New Zealand, Pastor. You got to go there. You would have been happy. You would have been happy. Thank you, Jesus. So keep receiving. John chapter 19. Starting verse 1. This is the story of Christ's crucifixion. Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. The soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. They smacked him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto him, Behold, I bring forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said unto him, Behold the man. You see, the world looks at Jesus and just sees a man, but we look at Jesus and see God in the flesh. When the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself to be the son of God. Do you know that Jesus declared himself to be God? This is a very challenging statement. You see, if Jesus declared himself to be God, he's either a liar, a fool, or he was telling the truth. And if he was telling the truth, it not only changes everything for you here as a believer, but it changes everything if you're here and you're not a believer. You're challenged by the fact that a miracle-working God came into the flesh, 
walked among us 2,000 years ago, became our sin on the cross, was died and was buried, and on the third day rose again. You're challenged by that fact. It challenges all of our independence. It challenges all of our self-will. It challenges everything about our lives and our situations. If he really is God. Everything in the Christian faith hinges upon the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification of Jesus Christ. Now, if you are a Christian and you're challenged by the miraculous, by the supernatural power of God, I want to challenge you. Because if you're a Christian, you already believe in something very supernatural. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and we celebrate it today on Easter. But if you're not a Christian, if you're not one that would say you're following God, you're following Jesus Christ, you're a disciple of his, you're a follower of his, then you're being challenged right now by his power working in your midst. And you're being challenged right now by the truth of his word. And I'm gonna invite you at the end of the service to answer that challenge. The Jews answered and we said, we have a law. By this law, we said he must die. Pilate heard that and he was afraid. Skip down a few verses. Verse 12, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, if you let this man go, you are not the king's friend, Caesar's friend. Forever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. Jesus was, was hailed as a king. The Jews were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for a political leader to free them from the occupation or powers of the Romans. But they didn't realize that God would become man and free his people from the heart. You see, the greatest need of humanity is a cleansed conscience. Jesus Christ came to cleanse our conscience from sin. He came to cleanse our conscience from the awareness of everything that we feel like lacks, from everything that feels hopeless, from everything that feels faithless. He came to cleanse us with his blood. They cried out, they said, away with him, crucify him. They delivered him, therefore, to be crucified. They took Jesus and led him away. He, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. How many of you guys have been to Israel? Anybody ever been there? If you've been there, you can actually go to a place that looks like this. And they're not really fully sure if it's the actual place, but there is a tomb there, and outside the tomb, it says, he's not here, he is risen. It's a really cool place to go. I love to go there and pray for people because I figure if people are coming to that place, they're looking for miracles. I have seen the most radical miracle outbreaks happen there in that garden tomb where people are getting healed, people are getting slain in the spirit, rolling around on the floor laughing. It's outside, it's a bunch of olive trees, it's a really beautiful place to go. Jesus is real. And if he's real, it changes everything. It changes our life circumstances. It changes the areas where we feel hopeless. As somebody in this room, you just received prayer, and you're like, man, but I don't feel a whole lot different. I want to encourage you. The seed which has been sown is more powerful than even the soil it's been sown into. And the seed of faith that Jesus Christ has for your miracle has just been sown into you. Something is already happening to you. I could tell you stories about that. Anyway, let's keep reading. They crucified him, two others with him, one on one side, one on the other with Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote a title and put on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus, the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. 
This title they read, many of the Jews, for the place that Jesus was crucified was high up in the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. See, history actually records this event, but your heart records it better. When the soldiers, they'd crucified Jesus, they took his coat, which was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but let's cast lots for it. This is so the scripture might be fulfilled. They parted my clothes among them. I'm sorry, I'm reading the King James. I'm gonna switch out of it because it's, <laughs> you ever read a Bible version? You're like, man, I like that Bible version. Then you have to switch it because it's not fitting language for the moment. They divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. That was actually written in Psalm 22. In Psalm 22, the psalmist David, a thousand years before Christ came on the scene, wrote that. He talked about how bulls would surround me. Darkness would surround me. He quoted this verse, uh, David said, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know Jesus entered into all of your unbelief? He entered into all of your feelings of loneliness. He entered into all of your feelings of brokenness. Yet in that moment, he still believed. He entered into every feeling of abandonment you could ever feel. He entered into every feeling of hopelessness you could ever live in. And in that moment, he still believed. When you are without faith, he still believes. It's a good word, Chris. I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. It's interesting because at the end of Psalm 22, which Jesus said when he was on the cross in one of the other gospels, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Jews knew that when someone would get up and quote the first verse of a psalm or a portion of prophetic scripture, they knew to begin to recite the rest of it. You ever been to a liturgical church where they say, let us praise the Lord, and everybody goes, yes, praise him, or whatever, they give these responses? They had that same thing happen in the synagogues. Jesus gets up and quotes the first verse of Psalm 22, and if you read through the rest of the psalm, it describes all of the events that were taking place on the cross. I highly encourage you to read it. Read it on your own time. Towards the end of the chapter, it says that God does not hide his face from the afflicted, and he's not far from the one who's afflicted. You see, many of us believe that, I'm gonna say this, many of us believe that Jesus Christ was abandoned on the cross, but I believe that the Father, Son, and the Spirit were united in the cross. They were united with their full intent of love for you. Go with me to Genesis chapter um, 22. Genesis 22. I'm gonna jump back into uh, the rest of the stuff on the cross. I'm gonna take us right into the resurrection. I know we're going through a lot of scripture, but honestly, if you don't read it here, I don't, some of you may not get it anywhere else, so. I encourage you, if you're having a hard time in life, just read this book every day. <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you in this room, you can notice your mood, your, your life, the things that are going on in your life. If you're reading the word every day, staying close to his presence, just simply abiding in that place, things go well. Okay. <laughs> If my words abideth in you. It's just, it's, it, Christian life is actually not that hard. <laughs> Genesis 22. Came to pass after these things, this is a story about Abraham. Um, Abraham's been praying for a child. He's been praying for a son. He's 100 years old when he, uh, he ends up having a son. That's wild. His wife was 90. 
It's an incredible story of just God's redemptive power that this miracle could actually happen, that God gave Abraham an heir at that type of age. And then God actually does something very interesting. So I'm gonna read some of these verses. I like to read challenging verses. Why? Because God can be found there in such beauty. The cross is challenging. It's an offense to the, to the, to the mind. But it's the most beautiful revelation of God that can be found in all of history. Now, it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham. Some versions say God tempted Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said to him, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. That is a very odd thing. Imagine if someone, uh, imagine if someone came to you and said, hey, I heard God tell me to do this, something like that. You would say, you're crazy, would you not? Let's just read a little further. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. It's interesting because that land Moriah is actually the hill where Jerusalem is. It's actually the same place where Jesus Christ was crucified. The word Moriah, it, it comes from the Hebrew word for where we get the word myrrh from. Myrrh, like, like the fragrance, myrrh, that, that was, that's offered um, at burials or at weddings. Um, it's, it actually means uh, bitterness, um, it's, it, or, or it can mean like a strong flavor or like a pungent flavor, but it can also mean bitterness. So literally, it means, that word means the bitterness of Yahweh. <laughs> this is good stuff. Anyway, some of you guys like this. Some of you guys are like, what is he talking about? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his men with him. He took the burnt offering. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder to worship and we will come back to you. Wow, that's faith. And we, 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 say we, we will come back to you. You see, Abraham believed in the resurrection before he saw it. This is some powerful stuff. God told Abraham he would have a son, and his son, that son, would be his heir, and he would be the father of many nations through that son. So he, in that moment, knows that if God's saying, give me this thing which you treasure above all else, God is able to take that which is treasured above all else and resurrect it. So Abraham took the wood, he took all those things, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, verse seven. He said, my father, and he said, here I am, I said. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. You know, in the Hebrew, it actually says, God will provide himself the lamb. God will provide himself the lamb. Pastor Nicole quoted earlier, John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. God will provide himself the Lamb. So the two of them went together. They came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wooden order, and he bound Isaac, his son. Because Isaac is like a grown man at this time. 
Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, or the messenger of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Jesus Christ, when he was there on that cross, had a crown of thorns on his head, caught in all of our accusation, caught in all of our toil. God said in the beginning of the book of Genesis that by our toil we would have to reap. He was wrapped with that toil like a crown. Did you know that in order for a ram to get caught in a thicket, rams are pretty powerful animals. For a ram to be caught in a thicket, it would actually have to like submit itself to that thicket. Jesus said, no one can take my life from me, but I lay it down freely. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said today, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The mount. Go back with me to John chapter 19. Is this okay, guys? John 19. The title was above Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The priests complained to Pilate. They said, do not write the king of the Jews, but say, I am, I, I am the king of the Jews, but write, he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. They crucified Jesus, they cast, they divided his lots, or his, his, his belongings. Verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. No one can take my life from me. Do you know that no one can take your life from you? When you give your life to Jesus, no one can no longer take your life from you. No one can take your joy from you. No external circumstance can take freedom from you. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze a believer, a Christian, you get to get Christ. Nothing in this world can take joy from you. You guys, Jesus is alive and Jesus is real. Nothing. Therefore, because it was a preparation day, the bodies would not remain on the cross. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken. The soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him. When they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Jesus said in, or David said in Psalm 22, not one of my bones, I can count all my bones, not one of them is broken. Because this stuff is really real. Like, like it's, God's real. If you get one thing out of today, just God is real. It'll change everything. 
But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. The only way for blood and water to come out of somebody is if the the pericardium is burst. Literally, Jesus' heart exploded on the cross. And John writes this, he says, and he who has seen has testified, his testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth so that you may believe. You know, uh, in, in America in the 1970s, there was a, a scandal, it was in the 60s or 70s, I don't remember when Watergate was, and uh, there was a certain number of men involved in it, right? And they tried to hide this scandal. Yeah. They tried to hide this scandal, and it could only be hid for a couple weeks. Did you know that scandal always gets out there? The truth always gets out. John is saying these things. He says, hey, I'm telling you guys the truth. I was there. I saw these things. Some people are like, I don't know if all this stuff actually happened. You know, (laughs) scandal and lies can only be hidden so long. And how many people give their lives for something that if it was a lie, wouldn't be worth giving your life for? Just want to hit a few of these things a little bit more. For these things were done so the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his low breaks would be broken. And in, uh, again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierce. That's quoting Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, if you're taking notes. They shall look on him whom they pierced, and grace would be outpoured, is literally the rest of the verse. <laughs> After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, you guys know the story of Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus, Jesus says, you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Nicodemus says, am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb a second time? What do you mean be born again? What does this mean? Jesus says, you must be born from above. You have to be born of the spirit. Why? Because people are dead in their sins. All of us in this room were at one time or another, or maybe still, dead in our sins, and we needed the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. We needed the gift of forgiveness, the inheritance of eternal life to be poured out upon us. We needed the blood of Jesus, precious blood. Someone told an evangelist uh, who I admire, they said, this, you speak about this blood of Jesus as if it's so powerful. Look at all the problems in the world. How can this blood of Jesus be so powerful? The evangelist says, you know, there are many dirty people in the world, yet soap has existed for many a long time. You see, what must happen is the soap must be applied to the dirt in order for the person to be made clean. The blood of Jesus must be applied to your life in order for your conscience to be made clean. Nicodemus, who had first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes. There's that word myrrh again. About 100 pounds. You remember the story of the woman uh, who came to Jesus to worship him and poured out oil and and fragrant? That was about uh, a year's worth of wages for that oil. That was one pound of fragrant oil and myrrh. (laughs) Now, if one pound could make a whole house smell and make people jealous, make people say, man, this money should have been given to the poor, what would 100 pounds do? Now, myrrh would come in two celebrations. It would come in a marriage celebration. It was one of the, one of the fragrances that was associated with marriage. In the Song of Solomon, it says, uh, Solomon, the, 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 the guy that's singing to the bride, he says, I will go to the mountain of myrrh for you. The mountain of bitterness. 
which becomes a mountain of fragrance. Jesus is king, you guys. They took the body of Jesus, they bound it with strips of linen, as is the custom of the Jews, and they laid it in a tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Next chapter. I'm just reading a few more verses and I'm landing the plane. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. There's that, uh, that name, Mer again, Mariah. It's actually the name in Hebrew for Mary is Mariah. Jesus was surrounded by Mary's on the cross and he was surrounded by Mary's in his resurrection. He takes what is called bitter and causes it to be a f- sweet fragrance that's released everywhere it's smelled. This is good stuff, you guys. I want you guys to get some, just, just reach into some of these metaphors because they're beautiful. Well, she went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. They both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter. That is good humor. And came to the tomb first. He, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Why was that? Because the head has been revealed, and the body's soon to be. The other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went again to their own homes, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been laid. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. You guys, so many things in your life right now, you don't know that he's standing there. He didn't cause the issue. He's not causing the sickness. He's not causing the physical infirmity. He's not causing these things in our lives. But he's standing there. And if you would look, you'll see him. And if you would look like that one raised up on a cross and you see him, you will enter into the fragrance of the moment instead of seeing the bitterness of the moment. (laughs) Woman, why are you weeping? Weeping, whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener. So much humor. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mariah. If you, in the Hebrew, if you, it would be Mariah. Mariah, she turned to him and said, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and to your God. And Mary came and told the disciples. You see, God takes bitterness. God takes brokenness. God takes pain. And he turns it around into a resurrection moment. One last story. I'm just going to begin to pray for you guys. um, And I'm going to give a call for people here to, to receive forgiveness of sins. To receive the inheritance, the authority the privilege to be a child of God. I know uh, a young man who, at 19 years old, 
was walking in his own way, was broken, was determined to live his own life for himself. But God came to him in his own bitterness and his own brokenness and said to him, you can keep going this way, but you know the end of it. And that young man began to weep for two days in his apartment in San Diego, California, surrendering his life to Jesus. That young man was me. That young man had gone to church on and off most of his life, had been hurt by the church, had been hurt by circumstances, had walked away from people, had walked away from things. But God never walked away from him. But even in that moment, just because he went to church, it didn't mean he was a follower of Jesus. Just because you go to Burger King, it doesn't make you a burger. You must be born again. This was the last story I was going to tell. I, I, I want to pray. I'm going to pray for two groups of people today. I'm going to pray for a fresh baptism of hope for people. What is hope? Hope is literally believing against all odds, believing in what you cannot see. It's the place where hope, hope actually gives birth to faith, which is the substance, which is actually the manifestation of things hoped for. I'm going to pray for a baptism of hope, and I'm going to pray for people to be born again. I'm going to end with this story. Um, I was uh, on the phone with my dad. This was five or six years ago, maybe seven years ago. And my dad called me, and he said, Chris, your grandfather's really sick. I said, what do you mean, Dad? He's got cancer. He's really sick. I said, what? why haven't you told me this? Dad, I've seen so many miracles. God can heal cancer. I've seen God heal thousands of people in front of my eyes of cancer in front of my eyes, like in meetings, whether I was praying for him or not, didn't matter. I was in the meeting watching it happen. God, hey, Dad, why don't you let me pray for him? He says, I can't talk right now. I gotta, I gotta go. He goes, I got a call back a few hours later. It's my dad's girlfriend. And she says, she says, your dad can't come to the phone right now. And my dad, I can, I can hear in the background tears, you know? Um, and they say, your grandfather's gone. And I sat there and I'm like, what? This is wrong. God, I've seen you do all these things. This is wrong. How come I wasn't given an opportunity? How come I wasn't given an opportunity to sow faith into the situation? How come I wasn't given an opportunity to bring breakthrough to the situation? I have faith for this. God, I know you can do this. And I was overwhelmed with with just emotion. I, I didn't even really get to have much of a relationship with that family member through different situations that happened as I was growing up. I was like, man, I've been robbed. Have you ever felt robbed before? So I got in my car and I start to drive and I'm driving over to my friend's house because you know what? When you're hurting, you need to get around people that have faith. So I drove to my friend's house, my buddy Josh Stevens. I drove over to his house. I'm about to get out of the car and all of a sudden I see a man leaning over a cane like this, twisted. His back was twisted. He's walking like this. And he's with a woman. I don't, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife and they're walking along. And I feel that tug, that tug that tug of God. And I roll down my window and I, and I say, hey man, I'm a healer. What's wrong with you? God wants to heal you. He comes over to the car kind of sheepishly and just looks at me with these eyes and he says, well, well what do you got? And I said, well, I have Jesus and Jesus Christ can heal every sickness and disease and he wants to touch you right now. He said, oh, I thought you said you were a dealer. Walter had had multiple accidents. He'd been thrown from a car. 
He, uh, he looked like he was in his 50s. He's in his mid-30s. His spine was twisted. He could barely walk around with a cane. He had horrible physical issues going on in his life. Um, Tabitha, his, his girlfriend is there. Um, they were walking along to the river, um, and, and I ended up going over and just praying for them in that moment. I, I prayed for Walter, and in front of my eyes and with my ears, like popcorn, we could hear his back begin to pop there on the street as his spine straightened out. He was liberated from, he was literally haunted by death. He was liberated from a demonic spirit right there on the street. Um, I turned to Tabitha and I said, Tabitha, you've been going in and out of the hospital. I started getting all these words for her. And um, she ended up uh, asking for, for prayer. She had a leg that was shorter than the other. Is there anyone here that has that condition? You have a leg that you know that's shorter than one another? Just put your hand up. Yeah, we'll, we'll pray for you at the end of the service. God's gonna grow your leg, okay? No problem. This is awesome. I'm sharing these for you, hon. What's your name? Suki, it's nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here. This is a great day for you. <laughs> Tabitha um, sat at the curb for her leg to get grown out. She knew it was diagnosed. She had a femur that was shorter than one of the other, and her hips sat off. Her legs stretched out in front of our eyes. We began to pray for them. All these just different words come forth, and then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and he said, point at Tabitha, and I want you to tell her that she's going to give birth to hope. So I said, Tabitha, the Lord says you're going to give birth to hope. They told me that they were there at the river that day because they had no money for food. Their kids were in a little hotel. They had no money for food, and they went to a river to just be with each other so that they could either pray or just do something. They didn't know what to do because they had no hope, and they went to go to this river just to, just to take a moment so before they went back to their house so that their kids, to be with their kids that they couldn't even feed. When I pointed at Tabitha and I said, God's going to cause you to give birth to hope, she screamed. She says, I'm pregnant, and the name of the baby is going to be Hope. You see, God takes the tombs of our life. He takes that which seems dead, and he causes it to be a womb in which he gives birth to hope. The resurrection of Jesus is all about hope in a hopeless situation. Abraham said, we will return back from the mountain. We will return back from the mountain, which is bitterness. We will return. Me and my son, laughter, will return from this place, which is bitter, from this place, which seems like it is broken, and we will return with resurrection in life. The God of resurrection is here today, and he is here today to save, to heal, and to deliver. He is here today to do a work in your life like you have never known before. Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. If you're here and you need a baptism of hope, I want you to put your hand in the air everywhere in this room. Put your hand in the air if that's you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for a baptism of hope throughout this room. I thank you that impossible situations are turning around. I see a paper being torn up. It's a, it's a legal agreement against your life. Someone here, that paper's being torn up right now in Jesus' name. We just release blessing over you in Jesus' name all throughout this room. Right now, the things that are hopeless, I want you to look at the cross and I want you to put them there. I want you to put them there at that cross. I want you to look at that tomb which is empty. I want you to look at that tomb which is empty. If you have a, if you have a, a, a womb that feels like a tomb, God is gonna fill it with everlasting life today. He's gonna fill it with resurrection life today. Lord Jesus, I bless what you're doing all over this room. I bless what you're doing. I bless what you're doing. Yeah, thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down for just a moment. I want you to keep engaging with Holy Spirit. If you're feeling the power of God on you, I want you to stay in that place. If you're experiencing something, I want you to stay in that place. But if you're here today 
and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Or if you're here today and you made a decision a long time ago, maybe you were in a service just like this and, or maybe your parents prayed with you when you were a little kid and you said, I want to I follow Jesus. But life circumstances, disappointment, divorce, whatever it may be, has caused you to live wayward and follow the way of sin. Jesus Christ is here today to bring cleansing to you. He's here today to bring you back home. Like the prodigal son that had walked away, he's here today to bring you back home. But I also believe there's people here today and you're not here by accident. God knew that you'd be here. You're not here because a parent dragged you. You're here because God dragged you by his spirit. You're here because he dragged you. And like me when I was 19 years old that got dragged to a meeting by Jessica Skinner's brother, James Edwards, where a man told me the gospel and it convicted my heart. You've been brought here today to face the conviction, to face the fact that Jesus is truly alive, that he truly is Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you know that you need to give your life to Jesus, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Jesus asked for bold confession. He hung naked on a cross for you. You can be bold in front of people. Do not be afraid. If you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, you know that he's speaking to you. I want you to put your hand in the air right now, anywhere in this room. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait. Right now, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Put your hand up. You put your hand up. If you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, put your hand up. Anyone, thank you, Father. I see that hand. Thank you, Father. Anyone else? Anyone else? Is there anyone else? I just want to see. Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there anyone else? You just need to give your life to Jesus right now. If you see someone with their hands up, put your hands on their shoulder and just begin to pray for them. Just put your hand on them. There's a sweet woman over here. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? You're here today and you're like, you know what? I need to be born again. I need to be born again. How do you know if you need to be born again? If you're not certain that you're born again, if you're not certain that you're following Jesus, if you're not certain, you need to be born again. If you're here today and that's you, put your hand up. Anyone else in the room? I'm just gonna wait. Don't, you don't wait. I'm waiting for you. I don't mind being up here and looking like whatever for you to come to Christ. Is there anyone else? I'm just gonna wait. Just another moment. Just another moment. Just another moment. Awesome. We're gonna pray for those that put their hands up. If you, uh, you want to respond to this as well, raise your hand at any moment during this time. Just say, just if you raised your hand, I want you to say these words, Jesus, I give you everything. Jesus, if you could go into a tomb for me and turn into a resurrection, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Jesus, be my Lord and my King. You resurrected from the dead. I receive forgiveness of sins from you. I receive your cleansing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, I'm gonna close the service, but I feel like there's more people here that need to come home. If, if you, maybe you didn't feel bold enough to respond with your hand raised, come up to me at the end of the service. Just come, just come up to the front. We're gonna be praying for this sweet daughter. God's gonna grow out her leg and heal the rest of her back. But if you're here this morning and uh, you wanted that, uh, you wanna be born again, come to the front. Or if you're here this morning and you still need a miracle, there's people around you that are miracle workers. Ask for prayer. We'll have a few people up here to pray for the sick. If we get the house music up, could we just give Jesus a shout for the things he's done this morning? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus, come. I'm going I'm to talk to you. Or if you wanted to, come. I'm going to talk to you. And uh, if you need prayer for healing, hang out. We love you. Just get the house music up. We love you guys. 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.